Hello, this is Adrian Hendricks. And Jerry Hendricks of Say One More Now, Incorporated, where our focus is to lovingly confront all activities dishonoring human life created in the image of God. There is no greater dishonor to God in human life than to reject his salvation that is only available through the shed blood of Jesus Christ. Thank you for joining us today. Today's message is entitled, The Manifestation of Jesus Messiah, Part 2. As with traditional Christmas stories, it is taken largely from the New Testament Gospels of Matthew and Luke. But in this presentation, we include passages from Genesis to Revelation, which reveal Jesus as the foretold eternal Redeemer. He first appeared in Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, as God says, Let us make man in our image after our likeness. Colossians chapter 1 verse 16 clarifies who the us is. For by him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created by him and for him, as does Hebrews chapter 1 verse 2 that reads, His Son, whom he hath appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the worlds. He appears again in Numbers 24, verse 17, as the sorcerer prophet Balaam makes an epic fail at cursing the children of Israel by delivering this prophetic oracle. I shall see him, but not now. I shall behold him, but not near. There shall come a star out of Jacob, and a scepter shall rise out of Israel, and shall strike the corners of Moab, and destroy all the sons of Tumok. Moses, while giving instruction to the children of Israel prior to his departure, prophesied Jesus' appearance in this warning at Deuteronomy 18, verses 15 through 19. Jehovah your God will raise up to you a prophet from the midst of you, of your brothers, one like me. To him you shall listen, according to all that you desired of Jehovah your God in Horeb in the day of the assembly, saying, Let me not hear again the voice of Jehovah my God, neither let me see this great fire any more, so that I do not die. And Jehovah said to me, They have spoken well what they have spoken. I will raise them up a prophet from among their brothers, one like you, and will put my words in his mouth, and he shall speak to them all that I shall command him. And it shall happen, whatever man will not listen to my words which he shall speak in my name, I will require it of him. In a stunning display of favor on King David, God promised to build an everlasting house for David that would establish a kingdom with no end at 1 Chronicles chapter 17, verses 1 through 5 and verses 10 through 15. And it happened as David sat in his house. David said to Nathan the prophet, Lo, I dwell in a house of cedars, but the ark of the covenant of Jehovah is under curtains. And Nathan said to David, Do all that is in your heart, for God is with you. And it happened the same night, the word of God came to Nathan, saying, Go and tell David my servant, so says Jehovah, You shall not build me a house to dwell in, for I have not dwelt in a house since the day that I brought up Israel until today, but have gone from tent to tent and from one tabernacle to another, and since the time that I commanded judges to be over my people Israel. And I will subdue all your enemies, and I declare to you that Jehovah will build you a house. And it will be when your days have ended so 
road that you must go to be with your fathers, I will raise up your seed after you, who shall be from your sons, and I will make his kingdom sure. He shall build me a house, and I will establish his throne forever. I will be his father, and he shall be my son. And I will not take my mercy away from him as I took it from him who was before you. And I will settle him in my house and in my kingdom forever. And his throne shall be established forever. According to all these words and according to all this vision, so Nathan spoke to David. Now, from the Gospels of Matthew and Luke, we bring you the birth of Jesus and notable events surrounding his appearance. And it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. And this taxing was first made when Cyrenius was governor of Syria. And all went to be taxed, everyone into his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea unto the city of David, which is called Bethlehem because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be taxed with Mary, his espoused wife, being great with child. And so it was, that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son, and wrapped him in swaddling clothes, and laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. Ye shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. And it came to pass, as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us now go even unto Bethlehem, and see this thing which is come to pass, which the Lord hath made known to us. And they came with haste, and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. And when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all they that heard it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things, and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen, as it was told unto them. And when eight days were accomplished for the circumcising of the child, his name was called Jesus, which was so named of the angel before he was conceived in the womb. And when the days of her purification according to the law of Moses were accomplished, they brought him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every male that openeth the womb shall be called holy to the Lord, and to offer a sacrifice according to that which is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and the same man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Ghost was upon him. And it was revealed unto him 
by the Holy Ghost that he should not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he came by the Spirit into the temple. And when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him after the custom of the law, then took he him into his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now lettest thou thy servant depart in peace according to thy word. For my eyes have seen thy salvation, which thou hast prepared before the face of all people, a light to lighten the Gentiles and the glory of thy people Israel. And Joseph and his mother marveled at those things which were spoken of him. And Simeon blessed them and said unto Mary his mother, Behold, this child is set for the fall and rising again of many in Israel, and for a sign which shall be spoken against. Yea, a sword shall pierce through thine own soul also, that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. And there was one Anna, a prophetess, the daughter of Phanuel, of the tribe of Asher. She was of a great age and had lived with an husband seven years from her virginity. And she was a widow of about fourscore and four years, which departed not from the temple, but served God with fastings and prayers night and day. And she, coming in that instant, gave thanks likewise unto the Lord, and spake of him to all that looked for redemption in Jerusalem. And when they had performed all things according to the law of the Lord, they returned into Galilee to their own city Nazareth. Now when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, there came wise men from the east to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east, and are come to worship him. When Herod the king had heard these things, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. And when he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together, he demanded of them where Christ should be born. And they said unto him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet, And thou Bethlehem in the land of Judah art not the least among the princes of Judah, for out of thee shall come a governor that shall rule my people Israel. Then Herod, when he had privily called the wise men, inquired of them diligently what time the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search diligently for the young child, and when ye have found him, bring me word again that I may come and worship him also. When they had heard the king, they departed, and lo, the star which they saw in the east went before them, till it came and stood over where the young child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceeding great joy. And when they were coming to the house, they saw the young child with Mary his mother, and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented unto him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. And being warned of God in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed into their own country another way. And when they had departed, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream, saying, Arise, and take the young child and his mother, and flee into Egypt, and be thou there until I bring thee word, for Herod will seek the young child to destroy him. When he arose, he took the young child and his mother by night, and departed into Egypt, and was there until the death of Herod, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Out of Egypt have I called my son. Then Herod, when he saw that he was 
was mocked of the wise men was exceedingly wroth, and sent forth and slew all the children that were in Bethlehem, and on all the coasts thereof, from two years old and under, according to the time which he had diligently inquired of the wise men. Then was fulfilled that which was spoken by Jeremy the prophet, saying, In Ramah was there a voice heard, lamentation and weeping and great mourning, Rachel weeping for her children, and would not be comforted, because they are not. But when Herod was dead, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt, saying, Arise, and take the young child and his mother, and go into the land of Israel, for they are dead which sought the young child's life. And he arose, and took the young child and his mother, and came into the land of Israel. And when he heard that Archelaus did reign in Judea, in the room of his father Herod, he was afraid to go thither, notwithstanding being warned of God in a dream. He turned aside into the parts of Galilee, and he came and dwelt in a city called Nazareth, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the prophets, he shall be called a Nazarene. And the child grew and waxed strong in spirit, filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was upon him. Passages from chapter 1, 2, 7, and 9 of the book of Hebrews provide specific points about the identity, the importance, and the eminence of Jesus as the Son of God and kinsman redeemer for the human race. God, who at sundry times and in divers manners spake in time past unto the fathers by the prophets, hath in these last days spoken unto us by his Son, whom he has appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the worlds. We read at Hebrews chapter 2, starting at verse 5, that Jesus shared humanity with us. For unto the angels hath he not put in subjection the world to come whereof we speak, but one in a certain place testified, saying, What is man that thou art mindful of him, or the son of man that thou visitest him? Thou madest him a little lower than the angels, thou crownedst him with glory and honor, and didst set him over the works of thy hands. Thou hast put all things in subjection under his feet, for in that he put all in subjection under him, he left nothing that is not put under him. But now we see not yet all things put under him, but we see Jesus, who was made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor, that he, by the grace of God, should taste death for every man. For it became him, for whom are all things, and by whom are all things, in bringing many sons unto glory, to make the captain of their salvation perfect through sufferings. For both he that sanctifieth and they who are sanctified are all of one, for which cause he is not ashamed to call them brethren, saying, I will declare thy name unto my brethren. In the midst of the church will I sing praise unto thee. And again, I will put my trust in him. And again, behold, I and the children which God hath given me. For as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also himself likewise took part of the same, that through death he might destroy him that had the power of death, that is, the devil, and deliver them who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. For verily he took not on him the nature of angels, but he took on him the seed of Abraham. Wherefore in all things it behooved him to be made like unto his brethren, that he might be a merciful and faithful high priest in things pertaining to God, to make reconciliation for the sins of the people. For in that he himself hath suffered being tempted, he is able to succor them that are tempted. 
At Hebrews 7, starting at verse 11, we read of Jesus' priesthood. If therefore perfection were by the Levitical priesthood, for under it the people received the law, what further need was there that another priest should rise after the order of Melchizedek and not be called after the order of Aaron? For the priesthood being changed, there is made of necessity a change also of the law. For he of whom these things are spoken pertaineth to another tribe of which no man gave attendance at the altar. For it is evident that our Lord sprang out of Judah, of which tribe Moses spake nothing concerning priesthood. And it is yet far more evident, for that after the similitude of Melchizedek there ariseth another priest, who is made not after the law of a carnal commandment, but after the power of an endless life. Hebrews 9 explains the importance of Jesus' blood sacrifice, starting at verse 6. Now when these things were thus ordained, the priest went always into the first tabernacle, accomplishing the service of God. But into the second went the high priest alone once every year, not without blood, which he offered for himself and for the errors of the people. The Holy Ghost, this signifying that the way into the holiest of all, was not yet made manifest, while as the first tabernacle was yet standing, which was a figure for the time then present, in which were offered both gifts and sacrifices that could not make him that did the service perfect as pertaining to the conscience. But Christ, being come and high priest of good things to come, by a greater and more perfect tabernacle, not made with hands, that is to say, not of this building, neither by the blood of goats and calves, but by his own blood he entered in once into the holy place, having obtained eternal redemption for us. For if the blood of bulls and goats and the ashes of an heifer sprinkling the unclean sanctifieth to the purifying of the flesh, how much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal Spirit offered himself without spot to God, purge your conscience from dead works to serve the living God? And this chapter ends explaining that since Jesus accomplished his mission, we will see him again. For Christ is not entered into the holy places made with hands, which are the figures of the true, but into heaven itself, now to appear in the presence of God for us, nor yet that he should offer himself often as the high priest entereth into the holy place every year with blood of others. For then must he often have suffered since the foundation of the world, but now once in the end of the world hath he appeared to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself, and as it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this the judgment. So Christ was once offered to bear the sins of many, and unto them that look for him shall he appear the second time without sin unto salvation. Finally, Revelation chapter 11 verse 15 provides the long-awaited conclusion of Jesus' mission. There were great voices in heaven saying, The kingdoms of this world are become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ, and he shall reign forever and ever. And with a final word from the resurrected Jesus at the end of his revelation to the Apostle John, from chapter 22, verses 20 and 21, we hear, He which testifieth these things saith, Surely I come quickly. Amen. Even so, come, Lord Jesus. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. Let's pray. Our magnificent Father in heaven, we bless your mighty name today and rejoice for your love, which is just as powerful. 
Many of us wait for this time of the year to arrive for a variety of reasons. Some of us enjoy festive decorations and the atmosphere of celebration. Some of us look forward to the material gifts we will both give and receive from friends, family, and strangers. Some of us look forward to traditional music, religious programs, and food and drink reserved just for the season. There are even some of us who use the time to consider what we understand it is really supposed to be about, and we make the effort to deliver that message to others in many ways. All of these things your grace allows. But today, merciful Father, we ask you to send your light of truth and life into the hearts of those souls who not only dread this time, but hate and reject it. They see this time as a cruel reminder of the advent of searing pain, crushing disappointment, and maddening fear into their lives which they must endure every day. When they wake up, it is more of the same, and there is no real relief in sight. What we ask you for them is this, precious Daddy, the same thing your Holy Son Jesus spoke of at John 17, 3, that we might know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. For this is the eternal life that you, through the sacrifice of Jesus, purchased for us all. We confess now that in many ways, many of us are plagued with relentless unbelief that makes us arrogant, angry, and difficult to approach. Please bring us to the reset of repentance so we can acknowledge complete ignorance of everything we think we know and allow the humility of such an admission to put us in the place, not of knowing the difference between good and evil, but to know you, to choose you, to believe you, and to obey you. Let every soul who mistrusts you and Jesus come to the realization that they have been deceived about you, the only good God, and your holy character. Let those who shun Jesus because they think he did not achieve everything on his first advent recognize that he shall come again and all he promised will be accomplished. Dearest Father, your grace has brought us again to this day, this week, this month, and this year for yet another opportunity for us all to take you further into our hearts and our lives and to allow us to be drawn closer to you in the process. You have shown us that you are the only owner of everything seen and unseen because you are the creator of all. You have made man after the likeness of the everlasting man, Jesus, to rule and to reign with him. Eternal Father, let those of us who have not yet received your love realize that you are only righteous and just. It is because you are just and righteous that you have forgiven us through the price of our lives paid once for all by your Son, our Deliverer and Rescuer, Jesus, the one anointed, for this holy task. Let no one who listens to this message be left without a witness to their hearts of the truth and reality of what they have heard. Bring your children to the joy-filled peace of your kingdom prepared for them before the foundation of the earth. Bring your children to your great heart of love. Thank you for hearing and answering this prayer. It is time, Father, for you to receive what you want for Christmas. In Jesus' name, we thank you. Amen.
We at Save One More Now Incorporated encourage all listeners to seek the Lord for His calling on your life. If you are faithful to spend time with Him throughout the day, you will come to know without a doubt that He really loves you and He has a purpose for your being here. We can be reached by email at truelife at saveonemorenow.org or our telephone number in the United States, 850-727-0493. We look forward to joining you next week and ask you to remember, Life Life is good. good. God God gives life. God God is good. good.